0: Hi, welcome to the Chasing Breader podcast with your
1: hosts, Kelly and Jessica. Join us on our journey to find the best versions of ourselves. I'm very excited about how my hair looks looks great. You know what else makes your hair look great, Jess? Washing it.
0: The um, Warrior Strong Wellness Collagen Peptides and Bone Broth. I've noticed a huge difference with just the health of my hair. I just have naturally thin hair.
1: Collagen's so good for hair, nails, skin. Check out warriorstrongwellness.com for their collagen peptides and bone broth or their multi-collagen protein powder.
0: If you use the Chasing Brighter code, all one word, Chasing Brighter, you can get 10% off of your purchase.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to this month's book club. Kelly and I are going to be talking about 4,000 Weeks Time Management for Mortals by Oliver Berkman. Oliver Berkman is the author of The Antidote, Happiness for People Who Can't Stand Positive Thinking, And for many years, he wrote a popular column on psychology. This column will change your life for The Guardian. His work has appeared in The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, Psychologies, and New Philosopher. Jess, how are you? I'm great. School's back in session. Yes. I love structure and routine, so I'm loving this. Um, You guys just started school this week. How are you doing? Same. Same. Fantastic.
0: I'm very excited, um, about having the kids back in school. And I think, although they're not actually excited, I think that they, um, feel good about being in school. Like they seem happy,
1: you know? Yeah. So I I mean, there's a lot of great things about school, particularly when you're a bit younger, you know, um, our, our oldest is a sophomore now, and it's really interesting No, we're going to be getting into this more and more. I think because of our childhood and having to move a lot, I don't like mourn things in life sometimes. So I'm so, so our daughter is in a program where she will be doing dual enrollment. So when she's a junior, she will actually be taking college classes. Mm -hmm. So this is her last year of high school. She will no longer be taking classes in our high school.
0: So what is the difference for those college classes and like AP classes, or is that kind of the same thing by the way?
1: Well, AP are advanced placement classes and you have to take a test at the end of the year. That's a national test and you have to score a certain, yeah, like it's one through four mm-hmm. to get college credit. Okay. So you could take the entire class and not get a college credit. Okay. And so there is the rigor the same,
0: you think, for an AP class versus these
1: college classes? I think that AP class is probably more difficult than some of the classes because she'll be taking community college classes. And she had AP classes last year. And I just feel like, um, I don't know, that test and everything just seems like you could take the whole entire class, get an A in the class and not get any college credit. Okay, And and, and so um, with you can get a lot of you can rack up a lot of college Credits with AP classes. However, when I used to see adolescents, I saw a lot of kids who were taking like seven AP classes and having panic attacks. And I just don't want to do that to my kid. Yeah. And there's plenty of life for college, but um, she's excited about this program because she does want to go into grad school. And, um, anyways, I'm not mourning like, oh, this is your last time. This is your last.
0: I'm like, not either morning just, west I didn't think like about it
1: last day in eighth grade or I mean, I know I, not, I don't mean to say I'm judging people that do that. It's just that doesn't hit me like that. It's very weird. I'm very weird about that. I, I'm excited.
0: You know, yeah. I'm excited yeah. about the just the new, I think for the most part with my kids, I've typically been that I'm not hanging on to the past. I'm just excited about their future. I think that's because of the way we grew up because we had to move in the cloak of night sometimes. So (laughs) So we we couldn't really hang on to the past.
1: (laughs) Like, I remember when I was a senior in college and one of my roommates was like, oh my God, aren't you just so sad? Like she was so sad. And I was just like, no, I'm really excited to be done with this and move on to the next thing. You know, I don't know. And you and I both do have a little ADD with that kind of stuff. So like, yeah, I'm over it. Let's go do something else. (laughs)
0: Well, I always described it as probably a better way to say it, but like, I like change. I do well in an environment where it's changed, but it's kind of has to be change on my terms as well. I was going to
1: say not a moving, not a big change, but like a new couch, move the furniture chain for me. (laughs) There are
0: things that I expect to happen a certain way. And then they don't, that kind of throws my world upside down. But for the most part, like I like, I like to, I like things to be mixed up and be different. You know, that's why I like being a consultant because I you know, I'd get project work. So I'm not working with the same people all the time. So if I get sick of
1: somebody, I only have like two more months with them and then I can move on. Um, Therapy is very similar, right? I'm getting new clients, old mm -hmm. clients are leaving, but I like the, the structure and safety of like staying in my home and knowing I'm not moving and that kind of non-change, but then like within those, within that structure, like change where it's like, you know, like you and I would be like, Oh, I'm super into CrossFit. Now I'm super into biking. Now I play tennis, you know, that kind of fun switching it up kind of change, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of this also, I don't know. I think I've shared with our listeners. I know it's on um, our social, but we got a puppy. His name is Scout. He is a tiny, he's going to be pretty small and he has brought so much joy and I've just decided like, it's definitely a, you only live once kind of decision that was made with not a lot of thought behind it, <laughs> um, but that's been going on. And I think a lot of this, it's so funny, like what we're talking about totally ties into this month's book club. Yeah, I
0: agree. So the book is 4,000 weeks and um, just in terms of explaining the title, 4,000 weeks, if you roughly live to 80 years old, you have 4,000 weeks of your life. So it's sort of like you have 4,000 weeks. What are you going to do with it? And it, yeah, we chose the book because we thought about productivity and time management and this month of like being organized in August with back to school and fall coming and all the things. But the book was surprising to me because it's in some ways it's about time management, but it's about like, you have that much time left in your life. What are you going to do with it? And more
1: philosophical.
0: Yeah. And definitely a lot more thought provoking. Um, I think the one, um, the, one of the things that really kind of grabbed me about it is that in my life, I'm all about like being as efficient as possible and doing as much with my time. And it talked about, even with work, the more productive you get, it's just more work. You just yeah. have more work, right? So yeah. it was really interesting about, I think at the end of the day, it goes back to many of the other like words of wisdom books, right? Which is like, slow down and enjoy your life.
1: I think a, a lot from the book we read, Cafe at the End of the World. Yes. Very similar. Um, yeah. The Good Life, very similar messaging. And i think um if you are looking for like oh i really want this book so i can learn strategies for productivity and time management not the book for you this will probably piss you off but um i had like zero expectations of the book so i thought it was i thought it was really great and also by the way uh we have like less than two thousand weeks left we're past the halfway point i'm gonna live to i'm gonna live forever yeah i want to live my husband says if i live past 80 shoot me but I'm like I'm living as long as I can. <laughs> I'm going for it. So me too. Um,
0: so we I mean, have. I feel like since Grandma lived to ninety four,
1: that that's at least my like. Yeah. So is that like two? We we have four thousand. We want to have four thousand more weeks. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. I don't know if I'm doing the correct math. That's mm-hmm. fine. So. I, there are so many little things I want to talk about in this book. So our plan is just to be totally random and go all over and talk about some of the stuff I want to highlight. And I don't know if this struck you at all, but there was like a whole chapter about settling. Do you recall
0: that chapter? I do. And, and um, it was a lot of information, a lot of very involved.
1: Yeah. Chapter. I So I feel like the book, so anyway, so I, what I took what he was saying was that in relationships, when you say, this is my relationship, we're going to stick through this for better or worse, that it relieves anxiety and fantasy think- thinking that you'll find this perfect mate somewhere else. And it allows you to just focus on that relationship and allows you to experience the joy of missing out, which we've talked about Jomo. Jomo. So he says, like, if you're this person and you're like dating and you're like, I'm going to find this perfect person you waste 5 and 10 years of those 4000 weeks trying to find this perfect person which causes all of this anxiety and stress versus just saying you're going to be in this thing and stick with it no matter what
0: yeah in that same chapter he talked about failure and about essentially i think um the settling piece right is that it's it goes back to there's no there there everyone's striving to you know Get somewhere, even if you're trying to like um, waiting for a management position or all the things where instead of just embracing where you are and enjoying
1: that. Yeah. So instead of like I like that like the fantasy thinking of this other life that's and that you're waiting for versus just living now. So I don't take it and don't don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying go out and the first person you meet, settle with, and no matter what. But I think like what he's saying is we have to just be very careful of like, I think that's kind of like a perfectionist mindset. Like, and it was so crazy because I was was listening to this book. I was listening to Tara Brock's um, podcast on happiness and she had this whole thing about if only thinking and like, you Mm. need to choose to be happy now and get out of that if only thinking. So I thought that was totally in line with what he's saying. Like this like, if only thinking, if only I had this, then I'll be happy. If only this, if only this. And it's like, you have now and yes. right now you have this moment right now. And so if this is a life you want, you have to make the life right now. Instead of this fantasy life, you're going to have in five years. That's kind of what yep. I took from it. So I thought that was interesting. Um, Like a lot about pro settling. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> it,
0: I feel like the book crammed a lot of information and anecdotes from other books we've read into a bo- one book mm-hmm. it was short not as short as um yeah, the edge of the world or or um for agreements oh. for agreements <laughs> but it really talked it it talked about all those things in a different way which is kind of cool in in that um although it was similar content he approached it in a different point of view which i appreciated
1: yeah well, and i liked I don't know. We watch like a lot of superhero movies in our house. And so I thought about it like the metaverse when he says like every um, decision to use a portion of time on anything represents a sacrifice of all the other ways in which you could have spent that time. And so if you say yes here, you say no to all these other versions of yourself. Yes. Yes. And so by saying yes, you're saying no. And instead of like, we have this, when it comes to time management, this fear of missing out. And so we're saying yes to all of these things that we don't have time for because we have this fear of missing out. But he was like, you're going to have, you're going to miss out. You're going to miss out. That's just it. Yeah. You it's have inevitable. to say no to some things and yes to some things. And like you and I talk about a lot, our kids are in club sports. So we said yes to club sports. So that's going to equal throughout the whole year saying no to a lot of things because we said yes to this one thing. And instead of focusing on all the things you're missing out, get that um, Jomo. Embrace what you are there for. Yeah. And like the joy of missing out, like I chose this, this is important to me. And so I'm going to be really happy and present and doing the, the thing I said I was going to do, you know? Yep. Um, what are your thoughts on what he said about convenience culture?
0: I think that he it's, I mean, it's true,
1: you know, and, um, it seduces us into thinking that we can find room for everything by eliminating tedious tasks.
0: It was about to, the other part was this idea of like thinking about that versus meaningful right. Versus being, this is where it kind of goes back to just thinking about like tools to live your life by instead of doing the things that are convenient and this whole like instant gratification type of thinking versus, um, mindful, thoughtful, um, you know, ways of living. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I do. I think it does. And I think all of the productivity and time management experts that we have been talking with have said, you only have so much time. So you've got to think, you, you know, you've got to be realistic on what you're trying to do. Yeah. And you can't say everything's important. Yep. You know, you've got to cut some things out. And um like he said, like, as I make hundreds of small choices throughout the day, I'm building a life, but at one and the same time, I'm closing off the possibility of countless others forever.
0: Exactly. You're, you're, um, I, I like that. And it's like trying to think about that with everything we do, which is, it's like every there's constant choice and it's less about trying to figure out how you can jam everything in. It's more about pick what's important and forget about the rest.
1: Right. And it's like what you were talking about from a productivity standpoint. It's like, I think he said in the very beginning of the book, like, oh, I was going to like go through all my emails. But all you do when you go through emails is tell people that you're going to respond to emails really fast. And then you get more emails. Yeah. And emails are not anything that's important to you at all. That's like number 700. So I like when he says strategic underachievement. So instead of trying to be efficient in everything, look at places where you can underachieve in areas that aren't important to you. So, you know, you have to give it your all, you know, like when we're overthinking these things, it's like, and I also thought like, he says, like, instead of like, so, so you get these, this resonate with me. So you get five emails and one's for work and it has a star at the top and it says respond immediately. And the next one's from a friend that you haven't heard from in a year. it's a long email and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to need to wait until I can really think about my friend's email and get back and respond to my friend in a thoughtful way. But I'm going to immediately get back to this one that says like urgent for work. And then you never get to the friend.
0: That's a great, yeah, that's a great analogy. I also think about it as when we were, I think when we were talking to um, Natalie about camping or something about traveling was it Natalie who we're talking to about like, it's fun to travel and it's fun to rent a house and it's very simple, right? When you go to Airbnb or something like smaller places, everything is very simple. And we all, in, I really enjoy that. It, you have to get creative. It's not, it just feels like very freeing. And mm-hmm. I think about that with this book in terms of, he really talks about embracing your limitations. When you stay at a no frills place, you have a lot of limitations and it feels meaningful. And it's that way with life is what he's trying to say. Right. Which is
1: like, Mm, I hear you sister. I hear that. Like if you simplify, you're like lining this up with decluttering, right? Like if you just simplify everything and bare bones and only have what's important, life is simpler and more meaningful.
0: Right. In the way you live your life and the physical material, crap you have, right? All the things. Yeah. So
1: I, yes, I, that, I love that because I was thinking about that last night. Cause I, you know, everyone knows I'm trying to minimize and I was in my bathroom and around the bathtub are all these little like toys. Cause Geo still takes baths. And I was like, Oh, I've got to like pick up all the bath toys first before I can wipe down, you know, around the bathtub. And then it's like, well, that's overwhelming. But if we didn't have a lot of things and he had like a bucket And a duck. You know what I mean? It would just be like, oh, let me wipe that down really quick. So you you just have all this shit that gets in the way of it. So it's like you agreed to do this and you agreed to do that. And that's getting in the way of what you're saying is meaningful for you and like your core values.
0: Yeah. And so, and I think that's where the book is really thinking about like how to shift your mindset in a way that like theoretically 4,000 weeks is a lot of time and you can live a very fulfilling life but getting rid of the noise and it's not about jamming as much in it's about really being thoughtful about what's meaningful and making the most of your time, focusing on the meaningful things, right. Which isn't email.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you talk, he calls about it, like embracing, you say finitude, embracing finitude. Like we have this thing, what's like called existential overwhelm. And it's like, we, because we know, our life here on earth is short. We want to fit every single thing in because we're worried about this finitude and mortality. But if you embrace it and you set up all these boundaries and like have a closed list of what's important to you, it can be really freeing because planning and control are an illusion anyway. Yes. So he talked about, I don't know if that's what you were, you know, just kind of talking about, but like every time you're doing an activity, Enrich your life by practicing that it's the last time, like acting as if everything you're doing is the last time in a positive, loving way. And not that you're going to die tomorrow, (laughs) right? (laughs) I'm trying. Here's an example. I don't know if you feel like this. Do you feel like if you don't have practice that night, you guys get home from school. Everyone's on a device the rest of the night. Is that how your house? That's how my house works. Is that what your house does? Like if you don't have anything, everybody's kind of doing their own thing. And you're home Um, for the night, like you're not going and leaving the house for anything. Maybe you are.
0: So, and from a downtime perspective, when we don't have anything, everyone chooses different ways to use their downtime.
1: Right. Yes. But you're not leaving the house again, is what I'm saying. Correct. Okay. Okay. So, that's something that like I'm trying to do is realize like when you're looking at your time and you're looking at your schedule and you want to say you don't have time, there's a lot of time from five or six until you go to bed yes. that you're not using. I don't mean in a productive way, but in a an enriching, these are my life's values kind of way. So I've been trying very recently to utilize that time. You know what I mean? And so for instance, I know we talked earlier, we, my kids and I are obsessed with our Nike outlet. And Dominic said, can I go? And then Gabby was like, I want to go. And I put it in my calendar for 6 PM that I was going to take them to the Nike outlet and we did. And it was so much fun. And like, you know, they're almost 13 and 15, and like hanging out with them is hysterical. And, you know, we were all together and we went to the store and they were like so funny and like being friends together. And um I was really, really enjoying that. And so it's like I'm trying to look at that time because I do think we need alone time and we all need time to like do our own thing and whatever. But I think it's too long that we do that sometimes. Like we're separated too much, and that there are opportunities for us to be doing other things instead of just solo endeavors.
0: I think that is a a great thought, and I don't know how to put
1: it in your pocket <laughs>
0: to do that. But what I was thinking about. I will. It'll come
1: to (laughs) mind. You're like, you're like, I'm going to put a pin in that.
0: (laughs) But what I was thinking about regarding that was I've been, you know, focusing on improving my time management. And from that perspective, what am I doing with my time during the day? And we all have this infinite number of things on the to-do list. And I'd I'd like to start tackling some stuff. I'd like to shift from um, putting a lot of stuff off to really getting, getting at my list. And so I've been using from the Megan Sumrell uh, interview that we had a couple weeks ago, which was amazing. Um, some of her tips and her planner and whatnot into practice. And what I found just was, you know, she talks about, um, blocking off kind of like busy time. Mm -hmm. And I've been really good at getting all my to-dos done for the day. And I've found that it'll be five o'clock and I'll be like, I don't have to worry about getting anything else done today. Like I am done. Yeah. hundred percent. It is. There's a whole block of time where like, if I still didn't get something done yesterday was a great example. This is really lame, but I was like, I haven't, I still have to do two. There were still like two more things at the end of the day I needed to do steam the floors. And I can't remember what the other thing was. And I did them because I was like, Oh, I still have time. It's five o'clock. Like I'm not going to make dinner till seven or whatever it was. Right. Um, Yeah. And so
1: it is nice when you yeah. feel like
0: you have time.
1: And when she says, if it takes more than five minutes, make an appointment, I've been putting dinner in there, like my dinner prep, mm-hmm. you know, because if you're like, Oh, I'm done at three thirty, I have nothing. That's not true. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you're making dinner, you're prepping dinner. You might have to take a kid to an appointment. So I've been trying to put every single thing in the hourly part of my thing. And I think that's where the going to the outlets worked because I put it in there. You know, it made it more of a likelihood that it's gonna happen. And then it was like the other night, like Chigo's been working really hard to earn he earns marbles and he's really motivated and he wanted to go spend his money at Target. Like normally I'd be like, oh my God, it's five o'clock. But I'm like, okay, let's go. You know, and it's just like leaving the house and going and doing things at night. I also think that might be COVID y, like COVID stuff of like never leaving the house and only ordering pickup and delivery for things. But I just feel like we've been getting out and about a lot more than normal and I think it's because of the stuff we've been reading and doing with the productivity.
0: Well, and I'm wondering if um, going back to even the book with regard to this is what we're doing in terms of scheduling our days, we're making decisions on how we're spending our time. And he talks about decide the derivative, the Latin derivative means to cut off. And so we are making decisions about what we're going to accomplish that day. And we are in a lot of ways, I am. I'm ignoring what I could be doing. And I chose not to, cause I just know this is what I'm doing today and I'm getting that done. And there's something about um, something freeing about that. Cause I think before then I was always like, Oh, I have so much to do. Like we're saying, Oh, I'm so busy. Well, it's like, right. I'm, I'm not like, I've been able to be like, this is my scope for today. I'm getting that done. And I feel great about that. And I don't have that like mental load about yeah. the things I should be doing.
1: Yeah. And I think, um, just in general, I would say for the past year or two, I've been trying to do that. Like, like he calls it like an open list or a closed list, but just as far as like recognizing, um, I know you and I are incredibly fortunate because we both own our own businesses, but like really putting boundaries around our time and how we're spending that time and recognizing like, you know, I, you know, In the past, I was like president of the PTO and, you know, volunteering at the school and doing all these things because I was trying to do this mother I should have been, but that wasn't Mm -hmm. like filling my cup and really doing anything. And it's like, listen, if I have fine, you know, a finite amount of time, how can I do that in the way that enriches my life and that of my family as much as possible? and just recognizing that
0: he talked about, yes. And like, speaking of that, you know, he talked about anxiety and talked about worry. And he said that worry is trying to make the future certain. And we don't, we're never going to know the future. And I know worrying is such a wasted resource in our day and age. We try so hard to control things and how he just you know, really talked about that it's such yeah. a wasted effort. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And I, it's some of the, some of the things in this book, this book has just so many valuable nuggets that I just kind of like want to sit with,
1: yeah. sit with them for well, a while. Well, I love that strategic underachievement. Cause I've always said I'm a, I'm a smart worker, not a hard worker. So yes. that's like in my line, yeah. said, like, like, can you clean your house once a week? or stop cleaning at 80% and not clean it a hundred percent. Can you, you know, um, take twice as long to respond to emails? One of the things I've tried, I'm trying to do, I don't know if you do this, like only checking your email, like in the morning and at night, or only check your email 8am, 12pm, 5pm or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, where you're not just doing something you think you need to be doing constantly.
0: But like, I just have like three separate email accounts. Right. I have like, my client, some at least right now, it depends on how many clients I have, but it's like, you have your clients' emails, I have my business emails, and then my personal email. And I'm, I'm always, I do limit my work related stuff, but I also work, you know, I try not to work 40 hours. So in order to not work that much, you have to have boundaries and limits, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think all you're doing, I've told clients this for years, when you answer your work phone at 10 PM, you're training every single person that you're going to answer at 10 PM. So you're also training people. And I think he talks about that a lot. Like I, I, it's so much better because I've worked so hard to like have the clients I have and to develop my niche and to be Mm -hmm. an expert in this specific area and to screen clients but there was a time where I had to tell people, like, I am not a concierge therapist. And if you want someone available to you 24-7, you need to go to that person. But it's like, my clients know I am not going to respond within the hour. I'll respond within 24 hours of a business day. But if you email me at 10 p.m. on Friday night, I will not go back to you until Monday. And it's just training people, too, of like, I'm not going to be that available to you. Yes. If that's something you need, go elsewhere. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, I think you can do that with everybody, with all kinds of people in your life. Um, and I think, you know, we've talked before, but like the death of our friend Mary earlier in this year had already had me thinking like, wow, I'm saying my friends are really important to me, but I'm not like seeing my friends, right. I'm not doing that. So it's like, if we're saying these things are important to them, are we making time because it's important. No, we're making time for stupid shit. You know, we're making time, not meaning, you know, but like you're saying like emails or grocery shopping or, you know, whatever, trying to make the house the way you think it is or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, if you have a finite time here on earth, um, I think it's important to consistently evaluate what your core values are. And are you utilizing your time to reflect that?
0: Um, yes. And drawing parallels, by the way, to, um, the good life. Mm-hmm. What did this book talk about with regard to relationships and people, right? And just yeah. the importance of, um, <laughs> being with people.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's like most of what we're going to be. If we're going to say these are our top five things, most of it's going to be your family and friends. Yeah. Like I think what's for most, most of us, and Jay Shetty does that and Think Like a Monk, he has a time audit. Like if you say this is important to you, does your time reflect that? I think most of us are like, this is what's important to us. And then you look at your time in 80 hours as work related, you know? And so it's like, is your time reflecting what you're saying is important? And if not, how do you make those changes and face your, your finitude and face your mortality and be like, wait a minute. And I think that's what the death of our friend helped, you know, me do is like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Life is now Jess. Oh yeah. Life is right now. I have no idea if I'll be here tomorrow. So if that's the case, what am I going to be doing? Is it going to be making a Pinterest worthy Halloween wreath? (laughs) No, (laughs) no, it's not. So I've backed down on that, you know, that perfectionism and things that I felt like I needed to do and things that look a certain way, because that is not at all a priority to me, you know? Yeah. Anything else Um, you want to say about this book? I thought it was good. Yeah. I, I thought there were a lot of great points
0: in it. It's a nice, easy read. If, you know, I think if you haven't read nothing else
1: to do and a lot of time on your hands,
0: I was going to say and maybe we should start a book list of like the, the books that you should read. If you know, if you, you want to read a self-help and get something out of it, but you don't want something that's too heavy. This is a fantastic, the, the cafe and the edge of the world, this, the four agreements, those are such great, easy reads, very digestible, um, very thought provoking. You can take what you want from them, which is, I think what we love, like, as much as I love a good mystery and I love a good, you know, just a great fiction novel. um, I also really like these books because they help me learn more and put things in perspective in different ways.
1: Absolutely. And I think like with anything that we're doing, I think it's two steps forward, one step back. Right. And so it's like helpful to have these things because it helps with maintenance helps with maintaining the kind of person you say you want to be, right? I don't know. I mean, would you say this is self-help? This is a self-help genre we're talking about? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. it's like it it just it it causes you to think and ask questions and possibly implement changes in your life. And that's just what we're, I think, trying to do with ourselves and also just encouraging our listeners of like, hey, there might be a different way you can do this and experience a little bit more joy and, and improve your quality of life,
0: Yeah. 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 So check it out. Yeah. yeah. I think if we're just to add to that, you know, if you're, you're racing and you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling you're stretched too thin, this book is telling us that we're doing it wrong, that there's a, there are, there's kind of a time to kind of put some priorities in place and figure out what really is meaningful.
1: Yeah. Help you with boundaries. Like you've got to say, no, you, you cannot do it all you've got to, you've got to say no, but, but check it out. 4,000 weeks time management for mortals by Oliver Berkman.
0: Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe so you can hear our latest episodes as soon as they drop. And if you love today's episode, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you.